Oh, hey, everybody. On this episode of the podcast, we are going to be starting a whole new series on secret societies. What do you think about that, Rosie? I think it sounds good. <laughs> yeah, so we're going to introduce you to one of the secret societies that you've heard, you've definitely heard about, and also go into the spiritual... Uh, spiritual, <laughs> spiritual teaching, what? Rosie? Come teaching on. <laughs> that goes through all of the, yeah. probably all of the secret societies. Yeah. So, so it's a. This is just a entry. This is intro. Give you a little taste. Surface level. That's right. Just a taste of the apple. That's right. Just take a nibble. So, uh, you. I guess sit back, <laughs> grab a coffee, and enjoy. And enjoy. <laughs> You're listening to the All Out War podcast. What's up, Warriors? Welcome to another episode of All Out War. I am Turner, and I'm joined in the studio with Rosie. What's up, Rosie? Hey, what's up? <laughs> How you doing, man? I'm doing well. Good. Guess what? What? I'm doing good, too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't really care. Dude, I was driving in I'm my... kidding. <laughs> I love you. I love you, too. Um, I, was, <laughs> I was driving in my Jeep today, and I had... It was really, really hot the past couple of days, like in a row. We weren't going to get any rain or anything. Mm-hmm. And my, uh, so I took the doors off and I took the side windows out, like the, the vinyl windows that mm-hmm. zip out and all that stuff. And so it was basically the only thing I had on was the actual top, the the canvas top. And, uh, you know, you know, my Jeep, it's old, it's, you know, kind of crusty. <laughs> and, uh, but I was, I had an appointment this afternoon and I was, in this appointment and I knew that it was a possibility of rain today and I made it through all of the appointment and as I'm driving home it starts to rain mm. and when it rains with all the doors and stuff off it doesn't really come into the sides what it does is it comes in from the back hmm. so the rain hits the roof ro- rolls across the top of the roof and then scoops up under the roof and pushes back in so the back of my head gets soaked my shoulders get soaked and the whole windshield on the inside is soaked and even though you have wipers on like it's on the inside yeah yeah oh man by the time i got home i was pretty wet yeah so that was fun yeah fun exciting times i didn't do anything today (laughs) 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 yeah I thought it was an interesting story, so I no, wanted to yeah, share it with you. I, I, I didn't know that it would have, never would have thought of that. I've only gotten caught with, in the rain, so, like between my motorcycle and that, my Jeep, I've only got caught in the rain like twice. Oh, that's not bad. So this no, is the second time in your whole life? Probably, yeah, second time. Wow. Yeah, that's not bad. One, it got, about a year ago, I was in Liberty, down at Liberty University. Yeah. And I had the, I had the doors on and everything, but I had the top folded back mm-hmm. and I was in a restaurant. And I get this little notification on my Apple Watch uh, that rain will be starting. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, I better go put the top back, you know, on my Jeep. And I go walking out in front of the restaurant. And guess what? Started raining. It, it was, no, it was already oh. like a torrential downpour. There was like three inches of water in my Jeep. Oh. It, it was insane. And I'm, you know, three hours from home. Yeah. Oh, it was terrible. That, that does sound bad. I had to drive to Walmart in the wet Jeep, wet seats. And buy towels? And I bought trash bags and, <laughs> and towels and stuff. And I had to like put trash bags over the seats. And so you could drive at home? So I could drive at home. And oh. it, it was terrible. Yeah, that sounds terrible. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. So what do you know, man? Oh, hey. Yeah. So <laughs> did you know that uh, Andrew Jackson had a parrot? A pet parrot? 
Our pre- former president, Andrew yeah, Jackson? Yeah, Andrew Jackson. He had a pet parrot, and apparently it had affinity an inaffinity for cursing. <laughs> so it, it cursed so much that it had to be removed during his funeral. Because <laughs> they had it there, and it just kept cursing at his funeral. <laughs> and they had to remove it. What in the world, man? Yeah, and so here's a double whammy, since we're talking about presidents and old people. Yeah. People from the past. Um, so, uh, well, I'm sorry. Thomas Jefferson was a huge foodie. Really? He loved food. (laughs) Yeah. So listen to this. Uh, Mary Randolph, one of his relatives published the Virginia housewife in 1824. She included 20 recipes for ice cream, including one flavored with oysters. Ew. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Jefferson, this is funny too. He, uh, was a proponent of macaroni and cheese and he served it at a state dinner in 1802 nice yeah macaroni and cheese yeah ice cream no regular oh yeah just regular mac and cheese yeah in 1802 i didn't even know it was around back then but i I didn't either so there's a third one they had macaroni and cheese back in 1802 the italians that had to be an italian thing right yeah yeah so that's cool man yeah so there you go there's dude i want a cursing parrot i do too just so i can like how do you I, it must have been he must have rescued it must have been a rescue parrot he got it from a pirate pirate yeah <laughs> <laughs> you little piece of beep. <laughs> anyways yeah hey you know what what week it is well uh well hey it's is it week seven do you hear is that, that yeah i hear it <laughs> that is the it's the it's the baby lullaby music yeah. what you know what that means we need to update on our baby so what's our update there? Our baby is now seven weeks old. You do know you're pregnant. You have to you have to speak into the microphone. Ah. No, no, oh, str- like right into it. There you go. go That's ahead. better. That's better. Yeah. Perfect. Okay. The baby is seven weeks old. You know you're pregnant, and mm. we are all happy. So, <laughs> the brain is continuing to develop currently, and its facial features are now developing too. So, it's nostrils, mouth, tongue, and eyelashes, and eye lenses are all beginning to take place. Uh, Limbs are beginning to take place as well as hands, arms, and shoulders. And then the spinal cord is just starting to finish up being completely formed. Wow. Yeah. And heart, lungs, and intestinal development is going on as well as well as the urinary system is taking place so Mm. that is all finished up this is in seven weeks seven weeks he's already using the restroom how do you know it's a he well we're not there yet okay you know what i have a feeling i have a feeling okay you have a feeling (laughs) (laughs) Uh, by the way it's not your baby no it's our baby it's mm-hmm. your baby listening. Who's listening right now? It's your baby too. I'm not trying to be that possessive. Yeah. No, don't be that possessive. Yeah. Well, I didn't want anyone to be confused thinking that it's your baby. It is not. Because you're a female and you can carry babies. And what a gift. <laughs> what a gift. Hmm. I think it's yeah. I think it's amazing. It is. So, well, thank you for that update. Yeah, thank you. Yes, All of right. course. We will we will keep our listeners updated on our baby's progress. Yeah. So still seven week weeks. seven. Yeah. Still a baby. Still a baby. Still can't kill it. Yeah, that's right. And you know what? <clears throat> wow, that was weird. Uh, if this baby, if we were carrying this baby in the state of Georgia, it would be completely safe right now. 
And Alabama. And Alabama. But if mm-hmm. it was Illinois, not so safe. Nope. Not so safe even after it was born. Yeah. Illinois passed a law that was worse than New York's. And New York's is bad. Yeah. They're like, we see you, New York, and we raise you. Yeah. In fact, I think that is, you know, where they're going to actually start doing child sacrifices, you know, ringing acting and doing them again. Probably. Obama's Obama's stumping ground. Yeah, that's right. Molech. Yeah. I mean, not not Obama's Molech, but Molech from the Old Testament. Well, you ever see that picture of him dressed up in that weird... uh, Baphomet? Yeah. I've seen it. It's a little strange. Married to a dude anyway, so... (laughs) Okay. All right. Michelle Obama's a man. Hey, man, let's talk talk about the podcast today. Oh, man. Just saying. All right. So That's why they killed Joan River. You don't think that? No, I don't know. Well, here's a good segue into today's topic. Okay. So people... Who are very powerful can have other people killed when they talk about stuff. They can. Yeah. Like Joan Rivers. Yes. She, right before she died, under a really weird cosmetic, she died while getting a real cosmetic simple, surgery. A yeah. simple cosmetic. It wasn't anything in depth. No. And it's nothing like she hasn't had done before. <laughs> right. uh, she is older. Yeah, but uh, she comes out and says, uh, yeah, we already have our first, what are you talking about? We already have our first gay president. It's Obama. And they're like, what do you mean? She's like, Michelle's a tranny. <laughs> oh my goodness. She said that. And couldn't they just say it was the anesthesia? No, this was before. She was like walking around. They're like, hey, oh. what do you think about having a gay president? She was like, what do you mean? We already have one. Well, they're like, what do you mean? She's like, Obama. He's... So you think they killed her because of that statement? Yeah, man. Really? Yeah. Okay. And right. who, who is they? Yeah, who is they? Which is, I'm really glad you said that because that is the perfect segue into. And I also just want to say we have our our live audience with us again. Yeah, it's good to see you guys again. Hello. Yeah, um, and I just also did want to say again that mm-hmm. anyone that wants to be a part of our live audience when we record the podcast, it cannot is, happen. It, because... no, it can happen. <laughs> no, no, it, it can happen for a nominal fee. That's yes. all I'm saying. Seventy five thousand dollars. Seventy five k in nickels. In in I don't care. You can pay me in pennies. I'll take it. But right. um, we're the whole podcast is on secret societies, and and this will more than likely be become it, a multiple podcast. You know, a, 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 multiple episode podcast. It's a series. It's going to be a series. Yeah, series. Yep. So why didn't I just say that? It's going to be a series thing. My brain is mud today, so I apologize ahead of time for any any way that this comes across where my mind and mouth don't line up. Mm. Um, so we're going to be talking about secret societies. We're talking about groups like the Freemasons, the Rosicurians, the Rosicrucians, Rosicrucians, Rosicurians, sorry, the Illuminati. The uh, We're going to talk about Gnosticism, Kabbalah, alchemy, Hermeticism, and um, and how do all of these work and function? What's what's going on? Are they all connected? Which they are all kind of connected. Um, and uh, even the uh, Knights of the Templar is another one that I didn't mention. But um, we're going to talk about these over the next few podcast episodes and, and just kind of unpack them. And we have um, we have some uh, secret societies historically that are just not well known that we're going to talk about too, lesser known that are from around the world. And they all kind of tie in. And you and I have determined, and I, I made this... this well. What? Speak for yourself, and then I'll see if I agree. Okay, okay. Right. Well, whatever. Um, <laughs> what are you going to say? You and I have, uh, you and I have discussed before, and I have determined that when you get into Genesis in the book of oh, Genesis, yeah. 
Oh, oh now I you agree. Ag- now yeah. you agree with me. I thought you were going to go yeah. somewhere else. Okay, I see how it works. Uh, when you get into chapter eleven of Genesis, with uh, chapter ten and chapter eleven, the table of nations and then the Tower of Babel. The Tower of Babel was the result of the establishment of the first really um, k- kind of um, ruled uh, community and uh, mm. settled lands, and that, and it was uh, settled by Nimrod. He was this really, really. He was really a wicked man, mm-hmm. and he he not only did he establish, you know, money and finance and all of these other things and you know harsh rule. He actually also uh, instituted a new religion, the yeah. ba- the Babel, mystery Babylon is what it's called, and it threads its way through the entire of history of humanity. And we know that in the future, from now, it will be dealt with because the Book of Revelation speaks of the mystery Babylon. And all about this whole kind of un—it's it—it's existing but not fully known, and but pursued by many many people. Mm-hmm. This mystery Babylon, and and it and it shows itself in very evil, controlling, wicked ways. In the same way that it can, it revealed itself when it was in it, at its inception, all the way back in Genesis chapter eleven. So, does that agree with you? Yeah, I do. Okay, good. I agree with that. You agree with that. That's good. So I want to just read one verse before we get into this about secret societies. Okay. And this is out of First John. I've read this verse before on the air in reference to something else. I can't remember what, what it was, but I remember reading this. Mm-hmm. But I love this verse when it comes to comparative – when you compare the, this particular topic of secret societies and Christianity. Yeah. Because it's no secret we're Christians. That's not a secret, no. right? We've talked about this. Um <laughs> First John chapter one says that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked at and our hands have touched this, we proclaim concerning the word of life, capital W hmm. the life appeared. We have seen it and we testify to it and we proclaim to you the eternal life, which was with the father and has appeared to us. We proclaim to you what we have seen and heard so that you also may have fellowship with us, and our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. So, and he says, we write this to make our, we write you this to make our joy complete. And so, First John, he was writing this, he literally, the first, you know, uh, it looks like first five verses or so, he literally says, that which I've seen, I've heard, I've touched, I'm proclaiming to you. Literally, there's no secret here. Mm-hmm. The cat is out of the bag. We know right. the Son of God, and we want you to know the Son of God. Right. And also, so what he's hinting at is a jab at Gnosticism and the whole idea of secret esoteric meaning that was going going around back then. Like yeah. With, uh, so, yeah, so basically the way I understand it, and I'll just rephrase it in a layman's terms, uh, we, we told you the gospel. There's nothing more. That's it. Like, there's nothing secret. There's nothing hidden. You got it. You got it. If, if you want to know what it means to dwell in heaven for eternity, this is what you need. Yeah. That's exactly, exactly. There's no right. secret. And, you know, different from other religions even. Uh, yeah. There's nothing. You you don't go to a, uh, how do I say this? Or uh, Billy Graham or some, you know, pastor at the top of his game or whatever you know the biggest leader of a mega church the biggest mega church or whatever right or the leader of the sbc or something like that 
he doesn't have any extra knowledge or some more revealed truth through the of the gospel or of Jesus than anyone else does. He doesn't have any hidden books, you know, that Jesus wrote or, you know, any secret stuff. Everyone has access to, I mean, it's literally the same book. Yeah. I mean, I mean, well, we can go into something no. else, but no, yeah. keep going, man. No, it's <laughs> just going to make a jab at someone else, but I'm not going to do that. So <laughs> a jab at, at a Christian, a believer. No, oh. no, don't okay. worry about it. Okay. <laughs> Well, Gnosticism is is really uh, something that is addressed in the Bible straightforward. There's there's a few there's only a few true heresies that are taken on head on in the Bible. One of them is Gnosticism. The other one's Judaism. Mm-hmm. Judaism was uber legalism, and it was this uh, attempt to marry you know Christianity, which was grace, and uh, Judaism, which is legalism. Wait, wait, wait. You, this is Judaism? Yes. Okay. So Paul attacked Judaism, the Judaizers. Mm-hmm. He attacked them in the Bible, in the New Testament, saying that everything that they were trying to do was trying to say, okay, you can have... Because they were trying to say Jesus plus right, 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 something else. Right, right. And so he attacked them. The Judaizers. The Judaizers. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Not, well, Judaizers, they were proponents of Judaism. Okay. So, so that would put them in that category. And so the Bible speaks... The New Testament speaks to that. The other one is Gnosticism. It mm-hmm. does speak to Gnosticism. And Gnosticism means secret knowledge. That's basically yeah. what, you know, Gnos, Gnostic or, you know, Gnosis. G- that's right. Gnosis. Gnosis. It's, with it, it's spelled with the Greek yeah. G. And so that's where we get our word knowledge. Mm-hmm. And so it's this whole idea of, of getting yourself into a position where you get something revealed to you that doesn't, that no one else can see. Yeah. I actually saw it could be actually considered a meme I guess it was an ancient um picture that artist drew it was from about I want to say it was probably around 900 AD mm-hmm. so it was pretty early on you know it was before 1000 and um and it was basically a picture it looked like if you're a flat earther you would love this but it looked like sort of this glass dome um and this guy was like reaching through the glass dome, like half of his body was through it, and everything outside the glass dome was like uh, colorful and like colorized, and everything inside the glass dome was like black and white. Mm-hmm. And it was like this depiction of once you enter into Gnosticism, you get you get you break through something and you get revealed this unseen realm of knowledge and you know things that are going to give you keys to life to bring you success and happiness and and elevate you, your status and all these other things. Yeah. And so um, that's that's why I wanted to read that verse out of 1 John, because there's no secret to, if you want to elevate your status <laughs> in real life, yeah. you, know, you give your life to Jesus, and that'll elevate you right up into eternity. You're going to live forever <laughs> at that point. Right, the yeah. highest elevation. Yeah, <laughs> you're, you're indestructible, you know, and, and it, it, that comes at a price. You have to die to yourself and all these other things, which are part of the Christian life, but... But at the same time, uh, Gnosticism was like one of the earliest and most, you know, it was attacked head on because I think Paul in particular, he recognized this influence and the danger Mm -hmm. that it had to the truth because it seems innocent. And that's the one thing about all of these secret societies. Like, um, uh, you know, like for instance, let's talk, take the Freemasons, for instance. A lot of people know 
people that are Freemasons that are in, you know, part of the Masonic Lodge and all of that. And they're like, oh, my uncle or my grandpa or whatever was a Mason. And, and I, you know, he was a good guy. He never had any of these issues. But what they don't realize is that once you get inside these organizations, there's secret stuff that happens that they don't talk about on the outside. And it's contrary to the teachings of Christ. It's ta- it's contrary to biblical truth as it's been revealed. And that's important to understand because this is what the danger of them are. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. I was going to say, do you want to uh, keep going with this or do, do we want to step back and go into the history of some of these things and then come back at the end once we know a little bit more about them? We talk can. Talk about the Christian yeah, response. We, yeah, we can if you want. So, um, I, give... so Kabbalah, Kabbalah or Kabbalism is uh, something that is kind of, it seems to be sort of one of these foundational secret societies that things kind of grow out of. Um, I don't know if, if you know what I'm saying there. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't agree with that, but go ahead. <laughs> well, Keep... the reason I say that is because historically, so Kabbalah is a, it's... <laughs> It's actually very hard to pin down. It's like Jello, mm-hmm. um, and so some places that I did research on it, they said, "Oh no, the historically Kabbalah comes. It it was literally given from God to Adam, and then from Adam it went through to you know it was basically handed down. The teachings of Kabbalah were handed down through all of these generations mm-hmm. uh, to Moses and Solomon had it, and you know um, on and on and on. And it's this you know sort of this teaching that's been given through and through and uh and so they some people claim it goes all the way back to creation but it really didn't get established like we don't have like we don't have established writings of like kind of what they would say doctrines of their belief system until about 1200 years ad Mm -hmm. until about that what is that the 11th century is that what they consider it 13th century 13th century yeah so around the 13th century is when we actually have the like kind of solidified framework of some stuff that they really pinned down of what they believe. And so um, so it, it really, it, it claims ancient, but it really, when you think of it in light of even Christianity, it's, you know, thousand years younger. Yeah. And I was going to say, I have, so just so people know, we may not dis- agree on all this stuff. So I'm just going to give my perspective and maybe some more background. You can cut me off, but um, so the co- there's I I think what you're getting at is there's a different you're you're setting the stage where there's different kinds of Kabbalah mm-hmm. or different things that all fall under um, what people would refer to as Kabbalah, and I know I, I want to say this so that we can be clear going forward that uh, Kabbalah is, from my understanding, it's the the stuff that's taught in the uh, it's, it's, it is weird, but there's the Talmud, which is, I don't even know how many volumes there are. Uh, I was told that if someone read it, it's something like if you were to study the Talmud every day for like eight hours, it would take you seven years to get through all of the Talmud. And so that's what the, the, or so the Orthodox Jews is, that's what they use. Mm-hmm. And the Talmud, so, they don't use Kabbalah, they use t- the Talmud. The Talmud. Right. And then the Kabbalah. So, so what I, what I was starting setting this up with is there, we're not going <laughs> to, a lot of people, when you get into this stuff, automatically blame Jews. We're not going to, that's not our view. That's not my viewpoint that this is some wicked Jewish thing because there are 
you know, whatever. But uh, as far as my understanding, and it is very, I was talking to an Orthodox Jew and I was like, dude, tell me about Kabbalah. And he said that it's, as far as they're concerned, there's weird parameters. You have to get, study the Talmud mm -hmm. up until the age of 40. And then when you turn 40, and I'm pretty sure he said it was only men, then you can start to enter in their version of Kabbalah. So I'm not sure, but I, I want to, at least for people that are going to say anything like, oh, but isn't that, you know, mainline Orthodox Judaism? Isn't Don't they study Kabbalah? And so there is, I think, a sect yeah. that is innocent, and they're not going to get into all that other stuff. So I just wanted to be clear that I know that there's people out there who are uh, you know, standard Orthodox Jews yeah, right. that get into no Kabbalah, right. but they they do get into it after the age of forty. After they have studied, because it was, he, he told me that it was very uh, uh, powerful. So, so yeah. I, yeah, and I, I, the way I look at it, though, just based on the research, is that there's sects of of Kabbalah teachings that have hijacked Orthodox right. Judaism. Yeah, you know they've really kind of a and yeah and, I, I and just, the other thing too to remember is that you know when Jesus was around in his ministry, mm -hmm. Second Temple era, there was a lot of mysticism. Yeah. You have to understand the influences that were happening, and this is why this is why I think Paul attacked these two things because, like pure Judaism in the sense of that would be like temple worship and sacrifices and high priest and all of that. Mm -hmm. I think I think that system really gave birth to Christianity because Jesus fulfilled all of the law, right? Right. So Judaism in the sense of him of him saying Paul attacking that, him being a Pharisee of Pharisees, taught under Gamaliel, like the dude knew his stuff, right? He he was a Pharisee. Yeah. Okay. So he could speak to that audience, those right. people, with accuracy and with understanding. But when it came to the the Gnostic side of things that he was that he was, you know, speaking to, that was the Greek influence coming into the church. So you had the, the Gentile Greek influence and you had the Jewish um, legalist influence from the Judaisms. Right. Judaism. So he was trying to keep both of them clear of this new this new gospel, this new way, this new covenant, mm -hmm. you know, that God made through Jesus. And so when you look at Kabbalah... It was the... I was going to say it's the Judy, the Jewish mysticism third branch of what you talked about. You had the Gentiles right. with the with the Roman stuff. Right. You had these new Christians, which was a totally new thing. Right. You had the old legalistic Judaism, right. which, which was fulfilled through Christ. And at the same time, going along with that legalistic uh, standard yeah, Orthodox. Orthodox Judaism, yeah. alongside it, you also had the Jewish mysticism, which is the Kabbalah. Right. So that's a kind of a separate thing to which, understand. Yeah. So that whole mysticism was a lot of the stuff like, um, it, it was like a mixture of all kinds of crazy beliefs and they were adopted in through foreign, <laughs> foreign yeah. deities and all kinds of false religions, you know, pagan. Yeah. I just, I just wanted to make it sure that when... People, when, when, you, when we when we're talking about Kabbalah, we're not slamming Jews, right? I just want to. That's what I, I was trying to separate. Is, well, I mean, if I was talking about Buddhism, you know, I wouldn't. It, it wouldn't yeah. be just because it came out of you know, you know, India or wherever. I right, right. I, you know, I'm I just, not, I just, I, I'm just right. trying to set the stage and let no, people no, know we're not where we're, our hearts are. At. I mean, we're clear. You're a racist, so yeah. We'll just, <laughs> yeah. 
All right. So uh, I want, there's like eight, six or seven different ways you can spell Kabbalah. That's right. part of the problem. Yeah. And it's, that's why I said it's like Jello. It's hard yeah, to yeah, pin yeah. down. But um, so, but, but what I what I was gonna say is like the 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 Kabbalah that's public that we see today, like with like mm-hmm. Britney Spears and, and Madonna, where they're wearing the stupid red bracelet and all of that. You know, that the Kabbalah that we see there is very different than the, the original. Kabbalistic teachings, Babylonian, that, yes, yeah. that come out of this really mystic. You know, um, you need to, and literally the word the, with the spelling, with the K and the B and the L and all that in the Hebrew writing and stuff, it it literally means to receive or to deliver oral tradition. Yeah, so it's like this handed down secret mm-hmm. of revealed information. So it's like, um, hey, I have to tell you a little secret. Yeah. I got something for you, you know, <laughs> I've, I've got this yeah. thing. And so, but uh, so when I was starting to to look at Kabbalah in that way, I was like, man, there's just so much here. And and I think in some ways, I think they do that on purpose. Yeah. I think that it's, I think it's actually, <clears throat> you have to forgive me, man. I have like a weird thing in my throat. Let me, let me take a sip here of my Coke Zero. Oh yeah, that yeah, much better. Oh, how's that? Do I sound milky rich voice? Does that sound better? No, but that was very <laughs> creepy. Is that creepy? To you? Yeah. Right. So, um, like for instance, uh, I'm just gonna read something from, yeah, that I found. Yeah. It's, so Kabbalah, Kabbalah insists on the fact that we must go see the divine face. Okay, and it says uh, the aspects of God in the interior world as well as the exterior world are revealed only through him the soul or divine spark within us permanently uh the writing on this the the soul or divine spark in us seeks permanently to understand the ways of the divine and to apply them to the physical realm so what it's doing is it's basically uncovering the spiritual realm and applying it to the physical realm mm-hmm. and um but it, so they talk about this divine spark that everyone has in them that's this eternal divine spark and he also talks about seeing the face of god it wants to see the divine face and this is something that that is really interesting to me because they claim moses was you know kabbalist you know, purist they say that moses was a practicer of kabbalah and abraham right. and moses and you know as you go back down the lines and um and moses had asked to see God's face. He had asked to see him. And remember, God hid him in a in a cleft of a rock mm-hmm. and he went by him and he was like like in the it was like the wind and the storm and the lightning and all this crazy earthquake earthquake. And then he went by him and he Moses looked and he saw his backside. He was not permitted to see his face. Mm-hmm. And the reason was because the glory of God would kill him. Yeah. You know? And so for them to say that the whole idea is that they want they must get to see the face of God, that's just a deception in itself. Mm-hmm. We can't no one could look in the face of God. You can't do it. You would melt. I mean, we've all seen Raiders of the Lost Ark. Remember? Remember in the scene? It's like, you know, he had it right. He was like, don't open your eyes when they had the Ark of the Covenant. You know, it's a little bit off, but the concept is right. You can't look in the face of God. Now, that, I don't know what that thing was that was in the movie that was flying around, if it was supposed to be the angel of death or Mm -hmm. something else. But so they say that we have a divine spark and we have to kind of break through with knowledge to get what's unseen into the scene realm. And then it says, Kabbalah teaches us that the forms that we see every day are but masks which cover spiritual things and aspects, principles through which 
the entire creation manifests itself. So everything's kind of got this spiritual side to it, um, which is really funny because it, it Gnosticism is closely related. You know, they're kind of like bed bedfellows or whatever you want to call in in these mm-hmm. heretical teachings. And Gnosticism says that everything that's material is wrong, mm-hmm. is evil, that the only thing that matters is really spiritual. So they're kind of... You can see why they'd be good bedfellows. Yeah. I like that word, bedfellows. Yeah. I haven't said that in a long time. Anyways, so that's, you know, with Kabbalah, that's kind of the, you know, what the the basic is. And so they have six books that they typically will study. Um, one of those sets of books are the actual gospels, including the Gospel of Thomas. The Talmud is in there as well. So they have some religious books. Some books were written as late as like 1950. They've kind of been added in. And other books in this series of teachings that, that like, like rec- rec- they're like basically like these are our kind of foundational doctrine books or whatever you want to call it, um, were most of them were written very early in the 1500s. So, um, but then they include the Gospels and they include the, the Gospel of Thomas, which is really weird. I don't know why they would include that one in there. Um, <laughs> I've never read that one. I probably should get a hold of that and look at it and see how yeah, I've never read it either. how bad it is. But um so like and I was talking about like the origins of it. It says according to legends, so <laughs> this is from legends. It says that uh Kabbalah has been transmitted from God to Adam and then the tradition went from generation to generation until today. It has been transmitted through the unbroken line by known masters more often unknown saints and prophets for thousands and thousands of years. In other words, its origin is surrounded by mystery, and it seems it erupted with the dawn of human history, reflecting humanity's evolution from the animal kingdom. Hmm. So they believe in evolution. They they don't have a clear picture of creation and origins for it. So this is what bothers me about these things. I, if I'm going to give my life to believe something, I'd like to know where it comes from and kind of how it's, you know, like we have a creation story. And from that creation story in Genesis, we can literally trace through all the way to the future what's going to happen that hasn't happened yet. Mm -hmm. And because of the way things played out and where they were written and how history played itself out, we know that it's going, the future is going to happen the way that it was recorded in the Bible. Mm -hmm. Wouldn't you rather have that? Like, I don't know. Yeah. just saying. So... Anyways, that's a little bit about Kabbalah. Okay, so now I'm going to put you on the spot. Oh, great. Why bring up Kabbalah? Well, we're talking about secret societies. Yes. Well, what's interesting is that as I was kind of unpacking some of these secret societies, I mm-hmm. was uh, they have influence that is kind of rested in in Kabbal- Kabbal- Kabbalistic teachings, if you will. They're very similar. In fact, they borrow from these teachings and these ways of living. Mm-hmm. And so not only, I mean, let's start with the basic obvious is that they're secret. Yeah. There's some secret thing that they're holding back that you can't get to know until you get in with us. Right. So I guess the uh, the whole reason that we just talked about Kabbalah, and this is setting up the premise of tying it into secret societies and the whole reason for the secret nature at the underlying cause of it is to protect this knowledge, to pass it along to other people and uh the initiated ones Mm -hmm. the ones that meet the requirements or whatever that they have or you know whatever like that and uh so at the at the underlying 
basis of all the secret societies is this Babylonian Kabbalah mysticism. That's what drives through, and that is the secret that is held within the secret societies. I'm just trying to put it together. Yeah, yeah. So why why people would? Yeah, so that's kind of the that's the one thread that seems to weave itself into all of these other secret societies. secret societies. Is that you, there's some influence there, whether it's the who God is, the route to God, how to you know what information is that you get from God once you finally get, break through, mm-hmm. and all of that. And there's some real like dark stuff to this. Like for instance, I was saying a little bit about alchemy. And you know, alchemy is a process. It's like it's like the magical process that they use to evoke some of these um, initiations, and to you you have to perform and you have to do, and it involves drugs and weird chemicals and all of these things in these processes. Most people think of alchemy in itself as what would the process of turning regular metal into gold. You know, that was what they were trying to do, figure out how to make gold. And if they could figure out a way to do it from a chemical perspective, then they could, you'd have endless riches, right? Because mm-hmm. gold's valuable, right? Um, they, of course, you can't do that because there's limited gold. It, it is what it is. It's in the ground and, you know, we get it out, right? Mm-hmm. And so, um, but the the whole idea was, is that they were using magic. And, and I, I can really point to ancient Egypt as really one of the ones that really perfected in some ways this practice of alchemy because when you look at the story of Moses when he went into and he was doing these miracles of like turning the Nile to blood and you know all the different plagues and stuff the the, there were magicians that were alongside Pharaoh Mm -hmm. and they were able to actually perform a handful of those miracles they were able to duplicate them through magical processes right and so I'm not sure. I, I'm going to still dig this out a little bit more, and we're going to we're going to dig deeper into alchemy later. But I'm not sure if it was just they had under they had some way to use chemicals and drugs and these processes to open up a spiritual gateway that could bring some sort of weird power or not. But um, and it's just kind of creepy to think about, mm-hmm. you know, when you think about that. Yeah. And there's a warning in the in Revelation when it talks about um at the end he said these will not inherit the kingdom of God, the, the eternal life and it, it, one of them is uh you know pharmakia or uh, magic or sorcery is what it talks about but the word is pharmakia and the word is it's drugs. Mm-hmm. And I think that links itself to alchemy. So and we talked about how drug use opens you up to the spiritual realm anyways. Mm-hmm. Like we you know what's that drug that uh DMT. Yeah, DMT, where you see the little green, or you see the al- supposed aliens mm-hmm. that just pop up and show around, show up all the time. Did you see them ever? Maybe? Never? Yeah. You did? Yeah. Did you talk to them? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 you're going to throw my stuff out like that, but yeah. Oh, oh I'm sorry, dude. It's okay. Yeah. Awesome. All right. <laughs> so you were talking about the Masons. Tell me a little bit about the Masons. Oh, okay. So now, okay. Um, yeah, so the Freemasonry is one of these big... Um, you caught me off guard there. Um, so, yeah, so I, I figured we'd start off and you know talk about a, a couple of these big name secret societies just to kind of get you into... Uh, to know more about them. And like we said, we're going to dive into 
some super crazy ones that you've probably never heard of before. But so Freemasonry is the teachings and practices of a secret fraternal order of free and accepted Masons, which is the largest worldwide secret society. Uh, it was spread by the advance of the British Empire. And uh, it was started, it, it evolved from guilds of stonemasons and cathedral builders of the Middle Ages. Hmm. With the decline of cathedral building, some lodges of working masons began to accept honorary members to bolster their membership. From a few of these lodges developed modern symbolic or speculative Freemasonry, which particularly in the 18th and uh, 18th and 17th century adopted the rites and trappings of ancient religious orders in chiv chiv chival chivalric wow it's a weird word i haven't seen before chivalric brotherhoods in 1717 the first grand lodge an association of lodges was founded in england uh so yeah uh, i is was gonna it, see is is freemasonry a, a religion no, so they wouldn't say so. They wouldn't say so, okay. Yeah. Cool. So I'll, I'll read some more about it. Uh, this is interesting. Freemasonry has almost from its inception encountered considerable opposition from organized religion, especially from the Roman Catholic Church hmm. and from various states. It says Freemasonry is not a Christian institution, though it has often been mistaken for such. Uh, Freemasonry contains many of the elements of a rel religion, its teachings enjoin morality, charity, and obedience to the law of the land. In most traditions, the applicant for admission is required to be an adult male, and we know that. And all applicants must also believe in the existence of a supreme being, and in the and in the immorality of this immortality of the soul, not immorality. <laughs> uh, there you go. So yeah, so it's uh, it says it's mostly white, and it's largely drawn from white protestants um so there you go that's, that's how it started off was these literally f white british dudes they were probably had bad teeth and pale yeah right yeah yeah what so like freemasonry is it's innocuous no that's not the word i want to use it seems like it's not a, a dangerous thing right so where does it become dangerous where does it become pr a problem well, I, I guess as you get further up into the teachings, which a lot of people really don't, uh, a lot of outsiders don't know, and that's the, the basis of secret societies, is there's this hidden truth that gets revealed more as you progress through the ranks of it. So, But a lot of people um, have a problem, and the Freemasons in particular get a lot of, at least here in the States, there's, uh, where did I read it? It was like 13 of the signers of the declaration of independence were masons yeah um freemasons built i mean they so they literally were masons that yeah. built a lot of stuff uh they largely built washington dc and so that's why you have all these weird you know if you look from like a the sky uh, a bird's eye view there's all these weird symbols built into the actual layout of the city itself hmm. um yeah like the owl and like, right, so they, they have a lot, yeah, like a lot of symbols used uh, to signify themselves. And uh, the, the was, biggest... Was LaFont a uh, Mason, Freemason? Who? LaFont. He's the guy who designed Washington, D.C. Oh. Uh, I don't I mean, know if you knew that or not. 
Let me look it up. Lefont. He was a French dude, obviously. Yeah, he was. He was a Mason. That doesn't yeah. surprise me. So that makes a lot of sense then. Yeah. I mean, we live near the nation's capital, so we, we can see this stuff. And there's a huge Mason temple, too, Masonic temple, uh, right outside of D.C. Mm-hmm. Big. It's like probably seven, eight stories tall. Yeah. So, again, a lot of the thing that people don't like about the Freemasonry or Freemasons is that they have to swear an oath to the Freemason and that there's these, they hold a, a dual loyalty almost. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what people don't like about it. You know, you have these po- politicians that are, you know, all meeting and they never talk about what they're meeting mm. inside these places. And then along with... Uh, the secrets that get revealed as people get higher up into it. Wow. And so they, they meet in secret in these secret lodges and don't (laughs) tell anybody. And then they're making laws and they're really directing the course of our nation. Yeah. I think at its inception, um, there's a really good, uh, stuff that John Birch society does a lot of really good stuff about, uh, putting all the pieces together with all these masons and actual illuminists, uh, Mm -hmm and Jacobins and all these other secret society guys that uh, really went out to plan and build their own country. So that's really what, um, when, when you get to a practical level of why um, you hear so much about it in, in, in terms of the, the American government, it's because so much of America was built by these Masons that set into place all these things. Hmm. Yeah. That's crazy, man. And to think of how many f- Masons have gone through historically in our nation. Yeah, it's scary. It's kind of crazy. There's a lot of them. Yeah. yeah. And I wonder how high up some of these like influential people made it. Right. Yeah. You know, presidents. Yeah. 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 I mean, there, there were presidents. And I was going to say, it, it, it's actually funny, uh, the more I talk about it, that, that there is actually such a big... Uh, Masonic presence in the very early days of the United States as a country, there actually was a party, a political party. And I'll I'll just read this short little blurb about this. It was called the anti-Masonic movement. Uh, So it was a, a popular movement based on public indignation at and suspicion (laughs) of the secret fraternal order known as the Masons or Freemasons. Opponents of the society seized upon the uproar to create the anti-Masonic party. So there literally was a political party. Wow. That was just like, we were against the Masons. We're the anti-Mason party. They were probably Puritans. Yeah, probably. So it said, uh, it was the first American third party, the first political party to hold a national nominating convention and the first to offer the electorate, uh, the electorate, a platform of party principles. Uh, it says the movement was ignited in 1826 by the mysterious disappearance of William Morgan, Ooh. a bricklayer in Western New York who supposedly had broken his vow of secrecy as a Freemason by preparing a book revealing the organization's secrets. When no trace of Morgan could be discovered, rumors of his murder at the hands of Masons swept through New York and then into New England and then further down to the Mid-Atlantic. So that's a whole other thing. Uh, so dude, that's a conspiracy right there. Yeah. There's all kinds of stuff. If you read about William Morgan, there's a lot of really fascinating books about, um, you know, the, his disappearance and articles, William Morgan. So he, he, he yeah. He, so he they claim he was killed by Masons because he had plans to reveal the inner secrets of it in a book. Mm. Did he ever write the book? No, he got killed. 
Well, so he never wrote it. He never wrote the book. It was in his head. Yeah. So it says, uh, as anti-Masonic candidates proved successful in state and local elections, politicians saw the issues vote catching possibilities. Mm. Anti-Masonic newspapers flourished in the heating political atmosphere. (laughs) In 1831, the anti-Masonic party held a national convention in Baltimore, nominated William Wirt for president and announced a party platform condemning masonry for its secrecy, exclusivity, and un. Uh, undemocratic character. It sounds like they were trying to drain the swamp. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, Wirt won only the state of Vermont, seven electoral college votes in the 1832 election, and the party went into decline after that. By the late 1830s, much of, it, much of its reform impulse had been taken over by the anti-slavery agitation, and most of its politicians had joined the newly formed Whig Party. The Whig Party. The I, remember, I remember reading about the Whigs. Yeah. So Wiggy, Wiggy, Wiggy. So from the start, there you go. They, yeah. uh, it started off with controversy that even back then the normal people were saying, looking at all these uh, elite politicians having these secret society, and then a guy wanting to expose them yeah. was killed, disappeared. Yeah. So you have the makings of a conspiracy right there. So that yeah. is. Uh, pretty crazy to think about that dude and when, whenever i think about like uh i've just been you know there's we really i wish we and you you kept i kept wanting to do this this podcast on secret society and you're like no i need more time i need more time and now i realize how much more time we needed but yeah, uh, i wasn't lying <laughs> <laughs> you like your research i'm the same way but uh and some of the research that i have done like uh which we can get into this another podcast but like some of the things like that are crazy like everything has a purpose in the elements of these secret societies so mm-hmm. nothing is just happenstance for for instance like the tiles on the floor the black and white tiles that's the illuminati but, that's illuminati yeah. okay uh but uh, here you go so here's one of the uh, an instance that at the highest degree uh so they you know as you move up within the society the freemasonry yeah you have degrees so you're, you're a seventh degree mason or whatever yeah the highest is a 33rd degree so that's a huge thing 33 the 33 so that's where a lot of this uh, if you if you go into secret society YouTube stuff, there there's tons of people that are like, oh, yeah. look at the thirty three or, you know, uh, I think you said, you know, Jesus died at thirty three, so mm-hmm. that's one of the reasons that they might have, you know, so there's all this speculation as to what it meant, but that's something that gets pointed out a lot is the, and you have to understand that when these people literally were the ones that built foundations, right of like there's this whole thing. I think it's the, uh, uh, there's a, uh, there's a stone that they've been looking for. I think it's not the guide stone. Uh, the cornerstone, I think it is, is the term used. It's the last, uh, brick that gets put in or something like that. I, I think it's in the white house or the Capitol. I wasn't planning on talking about this, Yeah. but it's missing. No one knows the original where it was and the Masons were the ones that built it. So there's this whole that's a whole rabbit hole you can go into is this missing uh cornerstone huh? cornerstone i think it is of this building and there supposedly was some s- secret stuff uh inscribed on it oh. i think brad Miltzer. there's been books you know r- written around it but it's interesting but when you go back to when you think of the scope of these influential people and the the stuff that they literally built society the the theory goes is you they put uh, little winks and nods to each other so that other people, 
other Masons would be able to look at it and go within the, oh, yeah, within the society. Yeah. So when you see a 33, um, yeah, I heard about the 33. I heard it's like a big deal in like Hollywood for movies and stuff like that. Like, yeah. So if you look in the background of, you know, uh, what street is on the corner, you know, the street yeah, sign on the corner, the address on a house or something, or exactly. a taxi cab number or something crazy like that. Yeah. Yeah. And I was going to say, and, and then it gets into <laughs> other stuff, um, which is just funny. Like there's a, uh, the Disney Walt Disney. I, I think this is pretty yeah, common knowledge. Disney's Most people insane. know about it. A lot of people don't know about it, though. Oh well, yeah. So they have a, they literally have a a, a bar, this yes. hidden club membership thing that's called Club Thirty Three. Yeah, Club Thirty Three. And uh, yeah, it's set up. It's super uh, exclusive. I think you have to. It, it, it's something outrageous, like seventy five thousand dollars a year, just to be a member and have access to it. So. Uh, but again, the number thirty three is there, so that's yeah, and 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 winks and nods and stuff like that. Yeah, and it has checkered floor, right? You know, when you walk in, it's yeah, it's. I've seen. I actually saw Club Thirty Three. It didn't go inside it. Saw mm. it when I was in Disney years ago. Took the family there on vacation. Yeah, usually and I think you have to like a year and ahead in advance. You have to get a reservation or more. Yeah, uh, I think I think as time as it came out, because I remember reading about this as a kid when I was reading about secret stuff, and it used to be like a secret underground thing that they wouldn't even say, "Oh yeah, this is a thing." Yeah, and I think now that people found out about it and it kind of exposed that it, that they have this secret thing, that yeah. they're kind of like, "Oh yeah, you know, let's publicize it more and make it kind of a thing." Dude, Disney. We could do a whole podcast on Disney. We'd probably get sued, though. Yeah. But they, seriously, that Disney, there's so many things about Walt Disney himself, the individual, just how he was you know, into magic, and mm-hmm. and you, it's called the Magic Kingdom. And, you know, there's, like, all of these things that are just unbelievable. Like, when you start to put them together, it, it's, like, it's almost, like, it's in it's hidden in plain sight. Mm-hmm. I guess that's what I'm saying. And that's kind of like what you're saying about with like the masons and the buildings. and Yeah. And that's uh, when you get into the, I guess if you want to call it Kabbalah, uh, I'm not, I won't use that term because uh, uh, I don't know say, if it's a Kabbalah. You could say Kabbalistic. It might have Kabbalistic influence. Uh, so, yeah. So I'll say this. Uh, uh, yeah. So one of the big things about these secret societies, like I said, that they put up this stuff in, in uh, out for everyone to see. And only people that were initiated could see it. So one of these ideas, like you had already brought up, uh, is the duality. And I guess it, it probably would be a Kabbalistic. Is, it is Kabbalah. The, the duality, yeah. uh, the black and white, um, well, actually have this, the, this, the, were you going to say something? Yeah, I was going to say the, 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 and Kabbalah, they have something called the tree of life. And uh, basically it's upside down. And so uh, the way that it works is like, uh, and, and, and this also, we've heard this as above, so below. Mm-hmm. And it's like the mirror. So like a lot of times they'll like uh, whatever is, and it's it's in reference to the unseen and the seen and how they're literally mirrored or connected. Right. Yeah. And, and but it's not, <laughs> the unseen is deceptive that they're look, going to be looking at. It's not, it's not purity. It's not truth. Do you know what right. I mean? Sure. Yeah. Okay. So Yeah, so I was gonna say one of the big things that they uh throw out is the white and black checkered um 
is a, a thing that they say. To... Yeah, so you'll see a, a black and white checkered floor, for yeah, instance. Or it's, and, yeah, so it's a... Crazy, crazy. And that's the stuff I want to get into maybe on a later podcast. We can talk about some of those little mm-hmm. things that you see and that most people... Just basically to make people more aware a little bit of it. Yeah. But, man, and, and obviously, if anyone listening is a high-level Mason and <laughs> wants to... Uh, come on the air uh that mm-hmm. now obviously you can't be a practicing mason but you want to share with us completely anonymous you're welcome we would love to talk to you um or if you know someone that knows a lot about it we would love to have them on you know talk about that a little bit because it's so influential in our nation mm-hmm. you know the foundations of our nation man it just like was trying to get in at the ground floor mm-hmm. <laughs> literally mm-hmm. the ground floor building of our nation mm-hmm. man dude that's awesome so we're going to, in future episodes here, coming down in the next couple weeks, uh, you can look forward to us kind of unpacking a little bit more. There's, uh, Hermeticism. Hermeticism is comes from the Greek god Hermes, and very influential um, into this. The Rosicurians, is that how you say it? The Rosicrucians. Rosicrucians. I don't know why I say Rosicurians. Um, and then obviously the Illuminati. The Illuminati is probably the most popular. It's the most known. Um, but there's a lot there. And there's a lot there to be known um that that we have and uh and it's almost like they're not even trying to hide it anymore mm-hmm. you know like and i would actually lump into all these secret societies um satanism or Lucifer- luciferianism mm-hmm. cuz i think that's actually moved away from what it originally was uh into now sort of the secret society as well so uh man dude so we got a lot to to unpack over the next couple uh episodes and mm-hmm. we and and i do want to say we have some good guests coming down the road too i'm excited about yeah so we're gonna it'll be throughout maybe the summer we'll just continue to unpack this and and uh hopefully uh you know we're not, we're not trying to be one of those conspiracy theory podcasts so for us it's like let's just reveal what we know and you can do with it what you want and uh if it sends you down a, a rabbit hole just make sure you tie a rope around your leg so you can get back out Right. <laughs> exactly. I've 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 dunked myself into some of these rabbit holes on YouTube and stuff and I'm like, what? Like after 2 hours you're just like, what am I what am I doing? Right. Yeah. <laughs> How did I end up here? <laughs> you know. Yeah. You're like, wait, do, what do I believe anymore? <laughs> right. So, anyways. Dude, that was awesome. So, yeah. I'm looking forward to some more stuff uh coming up on this. Yeah. And should uh, be good. Yeah. So, all right, man. Well, Let's call it a podcast. Cool. (laughs) See you guys. Later. Have a good one. Thanks for listening to the All Out War podcast today. We hope you enjoyed the episode. If you want to know more, you can visit us on the web at alloutwar.us or you can find us on Twitter at alloutwarcast. Hey, thanks again for listening and we'll catch you next time.